And welcome to the Pre-Snap Motion Podcast, episode number 23, week three. We're here. I'm here, your host, Chad Scott. With me, as always, my buddy, Rich Rebar. Rich, what's happening, man? Chad, maybe week three, we're starting to build up a little sample, starting to learn a little bit of what these kind of situations, what kind of defenses these teams are, what kind of offenses they are. It's slowly getting there. We're starting to mount uh, what we're picking up, you know, as far as what the season's going to bring. Um, but unfortunately, yeah. it's bringing a lot it's of bringing injuries. bringing us death. Yeah, it's bringing us a lot of injuries, man. We talked about this on our COVID show that, like, outside, you know, while everyone was worried about the COVID impact this season, that the lack of preseason and these conditioning-based injuries was probably was being overlooked at the time. And it's one of those things, like, that's not like a lap to say, like, oh, we were right. It's like it was a genuine worry, and it's really played out through, yeah. you know, two weeks. And just maybe if maybe there's data out there that supports it's not, but at least from our fantasy stance, like it's just taking guys off the front lines. Like you think like top 50 picks that have either missed a game already through two weeks only and are expected to miss more games going forward. I mean, there's a host of guys that required a lot of high draft capital that have already missed time for lineups already to start the season. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not to make a dad joke here, but, uh, you know, there's, there's something to be had about COVID tissue, soft tissue injuries. There's something in there. I just know it, but, uh, somebody else figured it out for me, but yeah, man, we're in week three. The apocalypse is upon us. Um, we're going to, we're going to dive right in cause that's what we do. News and notes. Everyone is dead. Like I mentioned, Saquon Barkley. We'll start with him since he seems to be, uh, probably the main guy. Uh, out for the year, ACL. So uh, we know that they just signed Devonta Freeman. Um, where are we at with this <laughs> with this team and the running situation? And if you were to put all your chips on one guy, who would it be? I think you would have to say Devonta Freeman because of just how all of his visits played out throughout the offseason and what surrounded those visits. The rumor was that he, you know, visited all these teams, visited Seattle, and didn't sign because they didn't want to – meet his demands to be a backup to Chris Carson. Uh, he went to Tampa. Bruce Arians said that they, he asked for too much money there uh, to be, you know, kind of a backup for Ronald Jones, which he may have eventually, you know, gotten more, more reps because Bruce Arians hates Ronald Jones uh, and yes. looks for any excuse to kind of throw him under the boss. Um, yes. Philadelphia kind of kicked the tires a little bit too. So I have to think that the re- he signed for an actual genuine, like promised opportunity uh, that, you know, and the money he's going to get, I saw it was like 3 million with incentives and stuff. Um, so, I mean, yeah, he would be the guy I would bet on. I've seen a lot of people say like, don't, you know, just leave the situation alone. I mean, we can't, who's what running yeah. back economy are we just leaving backfields alone? And, and, and first of all, that's a bad take anyways, because running backfield ambiguity leads the value. I mean, everyone said that before the Jaguars backfield for a season. The, don't draft a Jaguars back. Don't even pick yeah, guy up. Yeah. Don't even pick James Robinson up. Who's this guy after Fournette yeah. got cut and look how that's working out. So, I mean, you got, I mean, take some swings, take some cuts here. If you're a Deion Lewis believer, uh, take cut on him, Devonte Freeman, you know, going on him. I'm more curious because while this, you know, we're, we're you know, we're looking at like an RB two flex probably situation anyways, with this offensive line. Um, but what are we talking about Saquon Barkley's dynasty impact here now? Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's an interesting conversation to have, you know, um, j- you know, short term, we have to make the whole show about it, but uh, you know, now he, you know, missed time last year. He's going to miss this whole season. Um, he's going to be in a contract year next year. Right. I assume they would mm-hmm. pick up his fifth year. So I would assume. Um, 
Yeah, I would assume that too. So where are we in a dynasty sense now? Because I think he was close to being 1A, 1B with McCaffrey, and now he's going to lose some ground. So where's your cutoff on guys that you're going to have ahead of him in dynasty? dynasty? Well, I've seen one-for-ones, like people who have contenders that have Saquon trade – Trade him straight, uh, straight across for Jonathan um, Taylor and uh, Ch, and that's something I'd probably feel comfortable doing if I was in if I was making a championship run, just because you know Saquon is obviously Saquon, but these these injuries are now piling up. Um, the offense just isn't very good. Um, we haven't really seen him be Saquon. I feel like since the since the injuries and. Um, I think I'd feel good about getting somebody like a Jonathan Taylor or uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire back for him right now. Where are you at? That's probably what about a, my cutoff too. Yeah. What about Josh Jacobs? Mm, mm, I think I'd probably still take Saquon. I'd need a little more, a little more juice with jo- with Josh Jacobs. A little more squeeze. What about Zeke? You still with the age gap? Or is it, does that make eh, a difference? Or yeah, I. I I don't think I'd take Zeke there. Miles Sanders? No, not Miles Sanders. Okay, either. so we're basically, yeah, just the the, the two rookies. Like and, the top five, C- six, yeah. And, and CMC, um, yeah. who I'm sure we're going to talk about too. It's because CMC is also out. Uh, short term <laughs> IR, at least. Uh, not yeah. out for the season like Saquon is, um, but short term IR for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, uh, I think he is the next one to go on my list. And if I could pull that up, which I did right now. Well, we'll just talk about it. We'll make him next on the list. Yeah, we'll make him next on the list. So out um, (laughs) four to six weeks, he thinks he'll be back sooner. You know, most most athletes think they're going to be back sooner than than they will. But the problem with that is – Bless the short-term IR for this. Like them – there's no like – because now you can put a guy on this. Remember the Saints could have used to do this with Alvin Kamara in the middle last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I kind of wish they would have, because, <laughs> right. And <laughs> we, I mean, and we saw how year. that affected him. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, but we would have, we would have, uh, you saw what it did to Kamara, like how his production completely and failed Saquon. off, uh, after he got, yeah. Uh, once they got these injuries, I mean, high ankle sprains for running back is, is not great, Bob. And, um, we'll see what it, I mean, we'll see, you know, Christian McCaffrey's kind of cut from different costs. So wh- how do you feel like this is a different injury? Cause we're looking maybe four to six weeks. It's probably going to be sooner is my guess, just because he is Christian McCaffrey. Um, Mike Davis was obviously a popular waiver ad this week, but I mean, there's guys like a lot of people have dropped Curtis Daniel outright. And that's, that's a guy that I picked up in a few leagues just because like, why not? I was I didn't want to spend a high waiver on Mike Davis, even though he's shown that he can be, um, you know, a, a, a decent RB two. Uh, I just, I just feel like Curtis Samuel could have, uh, you know, he could, he could get a shot here sooner than later. He had four carries last week after one in week one. The problem is that you're not, they haven't used him good enough in the receiving game. Like I wish you were getting like a dual, None. like a dual usage. I mean, they've cut his eight out as 5.7 yards, kind of just used like yeah. real ancillary near the line of scrimmage. Uh, it looks like we're probably like the next team for Curtis Samuel. You know what I mean? Like it kind of is like you're hoping that the next sure. stop uh is worth it but i mean he's i definitely would expect him to get a few carries he had four like he had four last week and we didn't get a real good like gauge on what mike davis is going to bring to the table for this team because he came in com- 
just supreme junk script, had the eight catches, which you love, eight for 74 uh, in just a quarter. Uh, you love that. Yeah. Uh, I doubt that he gets the snap share or the, and the usage share that Christian McCaffrey had. You know, Christian McCaffrey, is, he was in his own orbit, you know, playing 95% of the yeah. team snaps, getting 90% of backfield touches. I doubt we see that from Mike Davis. He has been a solid RB2 anytime he's gotten volume, like most backs mm-hmm. are. Like if you give them the ball enough, they're, they're going to have some fantasy points. Uh, yeah. 13 career games with double-digit touches. He averages 12.2 PPR points in those games. That's definitely flex-worthy, you know, with upside. And this is a team that's going to drop back to pass more games than not. So, I mean, you're gonna, you have some reception upside uh, with Mike yeah. Davis in the short term. I kind of like, man, I, I, I'd never make like a – I'm t- someone that doesn't like to pursue guys that are injured. But, man, if someone – if someone does want to sell for 50 cents of the dollar on Christian McCaffrey because they started 0-2, I doubt that they started 0-2 with yeah. his two performances anyways. Um, but if if maybe it's a There's short There's a guy in my league. Yeah. And they want to sell, I mean, I would I would take shots on Christian McCaffrey more than Michael Thomas uh, if someone wants to trade, especially if you're trading bench assets. Like if you've got guys, if you're sure. a guy that's run hot in this apocalypse for two weeks and you've got bench assets that are hitting – um, like a James Robinson or someone, and you can pair some of these guys up to throw. I think McCaffrey is a guy that would break kind of my, you know, my my overall trend of just not trading for yep. injured players. Um, he would be one yeah. guy I would entertain, like seeing where this goes. Because I think the short-term IR thing actually does I, – I mean, it's narrative-based. There's no quantifiable proof that I have that does help him. But I just think him not being ha- able to rush back helps. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I'm with you on that one. Um Next, we got Cortland Sutton. This is an ACL and MCL. Um, this is coming off a 2019 season where he, you know, he he caught or had a thousand yards in the receiving game. Um, came back from the shoulder injury last week. Was looking pretty good. Um, Drew Lock goes down, and then he goes down with the knee uh, out for the year. So, I mean, Noah Fant. Let's talk about him first because I feel like he's probably going to be the biggest beneficiary, even though he had, he had five receptions last week, um, did have the touchdown, but like we, we were talking a little earlier before the show started, whenever they do target Fant, I mean, good things happen. So like, how does this not benefit Fant the most moving forward, I guess? Yeah, definite uh, trickle down for all these, you know, Broncos players. I mean, granted they're going to play Jeff Driscoll, which probably isn't even bad because Jeff Driscoll has that Ryan Fitzpatrick gene. I mean, he's like, he's, yeah. he plays his hair on fire. He's willing to give guys a chance, you know, to make plays where Locke has been a little more tepid as a, as a pro and his limited sample size, uh, low yards per attempt guy. Uh, but anytime. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about like, if you've watched the two game Broncos games so far, anytime they've, the ball has gone in fans direction, it's been a play. Like he's made an incredible yeah. play um, and you we've only got five and six targets. Like oh, there has to be more volume there. We need him to get more volume for this breakout to really grab hold because he has two touchdowns and, you know, five for 81 and four for 57 without touchdowns look significantly worse without, you know, we, we, mm-hmm. we want to have that. We want to be able to use him week in and week out, even and have a high floor when he doesn't even score. Um, so we do need some more volume there. You're hoping that that happens. Uh, we've seen KJ Hamler play his first game and, uh, you know, they used him as a boundary guy. I think a lot of people thought maybe there was a chance he would be their slot guy. Um, yeah. 
but he played outside the boundary, uh, get those high variance targets, those splash plays. He looked good on, in his routes that, you know, didn't have a lot of catchable targets. Uh, Jerry Judy has been their slot guy and Jerry Judy's second in the NFL just through two weeks in target rate per route run um, in the entire NFL. And he's getting like him playing in the slots a big deal because he's going to get more of those floor targets, more of those, you know, smoothing targets when those, like I said, with Hamler, he's going to be boomer bust with the types of targets he's going to get, yeah. where Judy's a chance to have a little more stability. And we've seen that through two weeks. He's got four for 56, uh, four for 62. Are those world-beating games? No, but, like, that's double-digit PPR points. Those aren't going to kill you. Uh, and then he's going to have the upside for more when he starts making these plays. Um, so, I mean, there's upside there. Sutton's another guy from a dynasty stance. He, unlike uh, Saquon, will not have the, uh, you know, he wasn't a first-round pick. So there's no first-year right. Uh, you know, fifth, no fifth year option for him to pick up. So he's going to enter his contract season next year coming off of a torn ACL and with all these young guys getting a chance now. Like if Judy pops yeah. and Hamler pops, I mean, Sutton could be another guy that they just, you know, they don't, they don't pull the trigger on a big contract. It's going to be interesting. So his dynasty stock is, you know, takes a severe blow, missing the entire season as well. Um, I've gotten an offer for Sutton in a trade, but I just don't want to take him on right now. Um, not for the pieces I was getting offered, but yeah, he's another guy now that that takes a big time hit in dynasty circles, a lot larger one than Saquon. Absolutely. Um, let's let's move on to some less severe injuries, I guess. Raheem Mostert has an MCL sprain. Doesn't look like he's a go for week three um, because of the turf that's that's going on over there in San Francisco. Tevin Coleman also out. Looks like he's out for four weeks, I think I saw, for um, another knee injury. So, I mean, hello, Jarek McKinnon season. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the 49ers really been snake bit uh, so far to start this season. It's not just running back. It's terrible. everywhere. Like, terrible. Everywhere. <laughs> like, every, all, all up and down their roster, guys are hurt. And, you know, Grappolo's not playing this week either. Um, no, no. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, Tevin Coleman, great story. Missed the last years. You know, he was a guy that when we started fake goods, it was the prospect year Jarek McKinnon was coming out. And, <laughs> and we yeah. talked about him extensively, this option quarterback, you know, converting to running back. And, uh, you know, it looked like we were going to get there multiple times and just yeah, have been able to get over the hurdle. Uh, signs that huge contract at San Francisco. We're going to get there again. Nope. Uh, you know, it has the, has the big time injury before the 2018 season. This is all 2019. I still think that coming off of the missing the two years and the way he's been used so far, it's probably not a situation where the 49ers are going to thrust him into like 15 plus touches, uh, you know, in week three. Uh, they, he's only gotten three carries in each game. He's played 32 snaps. He's run 19 pass routes. Um, they've got, you know, Jeffrey Wilson, a guy they trust near the goal line. They could bring up Jamichael Hasty uh, at some point late in this week, two to get carries. It's very similar yep. to like a spot the 49ers were in in week two last year when Kevin Coleman was out and they played all of Matt Breida, Raheem Mostert, and Jeff Wilson. All those guys had double-digit touches uh, in that week two game. And we could see something similar here, especially with Nick Mullen starting. And the 49ers in general under Kyle Shannon, even when Mostert's been popping, like they – have only given an individual back 20 plus touches twice, uh, you know, the last two years. So uh, probably where McKinnon gets a bump, but I don't think they're going to just thrust him into like a, a bunch of touches given his, you know, history and them having yeah. some bodies still to throw at the situation, but definitely moves him into like fringe RB2 uh, flex plays and in, in full PPR leagues uh, as well. But uh, I think that we could possibly see Jeffrey Wilson, you know, snake some touchdowns. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's that's a foregone conclusion at this point that he's going to come in at least score four touchdowns in the next three weeks. 
That's what that's what Jeffrey Wilson does. Uh, nine carries, nine today. carries, five. Times. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. He's the he's he's the new Jerome Bettis. TJ um, Duckett, Jalen. <laughs> love TJ Duckett. Love TJ. Duckett. Uh, the injury came out today. New news that Jalen oh. Rieger, the UCL injury, thumb injury, could side. I mean, they they might even put him on the IR, and he could be out till I think after week eight when their bye is. I think it is. I think I think is what I heard. Um, that's just a possibility that's been reported or thrown out there by some of the beat writers. This sucks, man. Like, I feel like he's just kind of snake bit so far this, this, uh, this season. Um, you know, he, we, we weren't sure if he was even going to start the season uh, with the shoulder injury. Now he has this uh, that kind of comes out of nowhere on a, on a Wednesday. Uh, so, you know, dynasty that doesn't, you know, whatever. I think you don't have to, worry too much about it in dynasty but in redraft i think people are gonna have some decisions here are they gonna have to drop him on a short roster team yeah i believe so i think he's gonna have to be droppable if you're on short benches or don't have ir spots uh just because the timetable looks like you said like week nine week ten and by then alshon jeffrey's gonna be back as well um and have to fight back so i mean he'd be a guy maybe you can circle back to in a few weeks and and if you've you've got to kind of have your spots kind of through the buys because uh, we have to remember, there's buy start later this year. It's not even buys next week. They don't start till week five this year. So I mean, you're gonna have a, a, he's gonna be out through most of the buy season. So you're gonna need those spots probably to do some roster churning. You don't have to outright just drop him for anybody now. But I do think that he's he is you know fairly droppable uh, in redraft leagues mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, which which things yeah. to say because he's a guy you know a lot of people were high on. The situation was there uh, in the beginning of the season, and you know he had two different injuries uh, kind of already play out. And um, it's been a hot, hot little run for rookies, and it's it's unfortunate he's not part of the party. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a guy that I mean, most people kind of pegged him as the rookie wide receiver to to lead lead rookies, I guess. In, in well, turns out, CD Lamb is is actually really good. Yeah, he's uh, he he's pretty decent. Um, so good <laughs> that Michael Gallup is basically um, not not relevant, but. Uh, Let's uh is there any other injuries? What did I miss any of the big ones? I feel like those were Yeah, I think that's most of the the main moving pieces so far. And then, you know, hopefully we get through, you know, we get a reprieve in week three. Yeah. I mean I talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, but I feel like the the Niners upgraded at quarterback. (laughs) Are you a Mullins honk? (laughs) Of course. I mean, who doesn't love Nick Mullins, right? You like a Mullins? He he had uh... a couple of good games against the Seahawks a couple years ago. He did. He. Well, I mean, everybody's having good games against Seahawks these days. But uh, as long as hey, you let you're, Russ cook, the, it doesn't really if matter. You're the, if you're the quarterback that can make Dante Pettis work, uh, you got to have some talent. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll get some play now. All right. Let's uh, <laughs> let's move into the starts of the week. Last week was kind of a monstrosity for us. We didn't we didn't do very well. Um, you had Tannehill as the QB. Uh, star of the week and he was i think the qb9 we talked about the rest of your players are pretty garbage can, can same with mine i mean my everybody was garbage we except for tight end, my tight end fan who was like tight end nine yeah we killed another colt in paris paris Cam, uh, paris campbell yeah paris campbell i was gonna say paris hilton um but yeah that's uh it's we're on to week three rich so uh let's start with our quarterbacks Give me you your sneakster, because there's two I can play, but I think you might pick one. So give me your sneakster here. All right, this is a guy I was going to pick last week, but I was kind of saving him for this week, um, just because I I prefaced it by saying that he needed Kenny Galladay. 
So obviously yeah. it's Matthew. I, I knew you were going to pick him. Currently so the QB fine. 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. So uh, Kenny Galladay looks like he is uh, locked and loaded for week three um, back in the lineup. And that's, that's what Stafford needs. Um, he needs his number one back, obviously. Uh, you're looking at Arizona. They've given up, or they're actually the, are the seventh best against quarterbacks. Um, but you look at the over-under. We're looking at 55 points. I think that's the third highest over-under of the week. Um, last, last year, week one, uh, we saw Detroit go to Arizona and Matthew Stafford threw for 385 yards, three touchdowns. Hawkinson was a big part of that. Um, and again, I think he'll be a big part of that again this week because I mean, Arizona against tight ends, that's just what you do. Um, but you look at the quarterbacks, Arizona's played against, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and then Dwayne Haskins. Those aren't Matthew Stafford's, uh, Matthew Stafford has, his, has, has his big boy back, his number one back. So I am, uh, I'm ready for the Matthew Stafford coming out party for 2020. Um, looking at 300 plus and three touchdowns for this week, man. Yeah, I think he's a no-brainer. I have him inside my 12, top 12 rankings, and in the worksheet kind of wrote him up as saying, like, hey, if someone dropped him after the start of the season, you know, after two weeks um, of him being a low-end QB2, you know, go go grab him because this is the time for him to yeah. bounce back. Yeah. Uh, without Kenny Galladay these two weeks, he's thrown just 10.2% of his passes, uh, 20 yards or further downfield. Last year that mark was 19.2%, so cut in half. Mm. Uh, big deal getting him back. And then, like you said, I think you hit it on the nail, nail on the head, too, with the Arizona side is that they've started off well these two weeks, but uh, you know, they played a wide receiver list 49ers team. They also had George Kittle get hurt in the second half of that game. And then the Dwayne Haskins, I don't think anyone's really buying this defensive turnaround quite yet uh, for Arizona high scoring game. Uh, love Matthew Stafford. I think he's a no brainer where he's ranked in the industry and I have him as a QB one uh, myself, nice. um, but I, I thought you might pick him. So I had a backup and I don't want to, cause I don't want to steal, <laughs> steal him from you. You know uh, me so well, you know me so well. I'm going tomorrow, man. Uh, uh, I think you can play either quarterback tomorrow, but if DJ Shark's going to be out, it might change things, but I was going to go Ryan Fitzpatrick anyways, cause a lot of people are already high on nice. Minshew. So I like Ryan Fitzpatrick as a little, little sneakster this week, you know, last week against the bills, you know, he, had, he, he bounced back, he had 328 yards, two touchdowns, uh, more, most importantly, zero turnovers, uh, which is unfitzpatrick like. Uh, and then after, he's faced the Patriots now and the Bills I mean he's now getting a spot where we can kind of chase like some you know Brian Fitzpatrick Fitzmagic against the Jaguars who are 28th to start the year involved passing points allowed through two weeks they're 27th in yards for pass attempt allowed uh, so I mean I, I like this you've got uh, Devontae Parker getting a little healthier um, so I'm going uh, with a little Fitzmagic as a little you know streaming sneakster and he's way low I love ranks, it, man. Uh, like the yeah the, oh, the, yeah. the industry he's ranks, in the 20s like he's, He's way low, but uh, I'm much higher uh, than that on him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you have to love Island Games with Fitzmagic. I mean, it's just it's <laughs> it's always it's always fun, no matter what. Like it could go either way, but it's it's gonna be fun and entertaining. So um, I like that pick <laughs> a lot. Uh, let's go on to running back. I'm gonna let you start this one because it sounds like we we this is the one person we talked about before the show and it sounds like we have the same guy. So um, I'm just going to let you do this one since you're so courteous uh, for the quarterback portion. Yeah, I think we probably do have the same guy. Cause I mean, when you get to these running backs, we've seen some of the guys we talked about the injury guys already, you know, kind of ranked as RB twos. Uh, but these like fringe guys that you might be holding on to, I think that's another week that you can look to play Josh Kelly, even if you have both him and Austin Eckler, we've kind of, yeah. Developed sort of like a full-on timeshare, you know, through two weeks. I mean, 
so far, Eckler has played 47 snaps. Uh, you know, he played 47 snaps last week. Uh, Joshua Kelly played 43. Kelly had 25 touches to 20. The cool thing about it is, is they've kind of, you know, he's taken over that Melvin Gordon role. Eckler has faced eight or more Literally. defenders in the box. Uh, just 2.9% of his carries. So they're getting Eckler. Eckler's getting more value than he had last year in the run game, and he's getting advantageous situations to run the football. So he's able to maintain that efficiency, and he has so far through two games, even against uh, you know the first game when people were kind of down on him. He was an efficient runner against the Bengals, where Josh Kelly, 31% of his runs have come with eight or more defenders in the box. He's getting those short yardage carries. He's getting those early down, uh, you know, 12 personnel carries, uh, you know, heavy lifting carries. Um, and he's out carried Eckler five to one inside the 10 yard line so far. Uh, both backs went over 100 yards last week. I think they have a real good shot to do so again against the Carolina defense, which we kind of hit upon multiple times. Um, they have extended the streak that we talked about last week. They have now allowed multiple rushing touchdowns in seven straight games dating back to last season. That's the longest streak in the NFL since the 1999 2000 Cleveland Browns. Um, so we, we've got a shot at touchdown upside here. Uh, they've already allowed six, a league high six touchdowns to running backs in two games uh, after they allowed 30 touchdowns to running backs a year ago. Uh, I think it's a good spot if you have Kelly to get him in as a flex, especially if you had him behind one of these guys that didn't survive the apocalypse. Or even if you have Eckler, I think that they are both actually playable uh, in this game as huge home favorites. Yeah. Uh, I was also going to add the they've given up the sixth or six touchdowns. That's the most in the NFL. They've also given up the most receptions to running backs with the 19. And Herbert threw the ball also, to the backs last week. Well, and that so that's why I kind of want to preface because we saw Tyro Taylor zero targets to Joshua Kelly in week one. We saw three targets out of uh, Herbert in week two. So I think if Herbert is in play for week three, I think uh, he's already started. Joshua yeah. Kelly is ab- yeah, so absolute smash play. So I'm I'm into that as well. Also, bizarre uh, talk about an injury that we didn't talk about was having your own doctor take you out of the game. Right, right. He had the over under on uh, Herbert uh, starting game by week two. Obviously, wow, man, I mean, what a story that is too. Obvious. Just, just that's, that's the most that's Chargers, the Chargers, man. That's exactly. the most Chargers that's the story. Chargers. That's the Chargers, <laughs> uh, bro. <laughs> yeah yeah all right so hit me at the uh, receiver the... all right i'll give you i'll give you the receiver that you picked in week one and that's going to be anthony miller uh you wouldn't look yeah looking at anthony miller in week two you wouldn't be like oh well this guy's got this guy's got some juice for week three but uh if you if you kind of stay, take a step back yeah his his snaps were down but uh, a lot of two wide receiver sets last week he comes out, he is primarily their slot receiver. If he's mm-hmm. throwing two receiver sets, he's out of the game. Um, this is a game against Atlanta where um, they're going to have to play catch up or at least uh, stay with Atlanta this week. Currently, he's as ranked as the wide receiver 47. Like I said, they're at Atlanta. They're giving up the fourth most, most points to wide receivers. Uh, we saw Miller have a touchdown week one. He dropped one in week two. Uh, his routes were down last week, primarily because he is the slot receiver. Like I said, when you're looking at slot receivers against Atlanta, CD Lamb torched him six for 106. Lockett plays a lot of slot, eight for 92 against Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta's favored by three and a half points at home. There's a 47 and a half point over under. Um, like I said, I just think A Rob and Miller are going to be cooking this weekend. Um, and so I, you know, we probably should have picked Trubisky as a quarterback, but uh, I like them both this weekend. Give me Miller as the wide receiver 47 to, uh, to make it inside your top 36 this week. 
Yeah, and Trubisky only threw ten. You hit a, he only threw ten passes in the second half of that game last week. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I like that's that. That's not you know, happening this week. Listen, there's you don't get no more sneakster than playing a guy that was had zero 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 last week. Yeah, that's sneaky, what I'm saying, man. The sneaky as it I'm, I'm, I'm mining for gold, mining for pay dirt over here. <laughs> I wonder if people like. Do you think people like this segment of the show where we pick these guys? <laughs> Uh, I think I probably not, but you know, we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going, uh, with golden Tate. Uh, oh. I'm gonna, yeah. Tate. Uh, I mean, he caught all five of his targets last week. We've got Sterling Shepard also on that short term IR, uh, in the five games that golden Tate played without Sterling Shepard active a year ago, he caught 30 to 44 targets, led the team with 23% of the team targets, uh, four and four yards, three touchdowns. He averaged 17.7 PBR points per game. Um, and then he was, you know, uh, he had the five targets last week after Shepard left in the second half of that game. The 49ers are just still banged up. They allowed Chris Hogan to have six for 75. Uh, Braxton Berrios, you know, six for 56. I think Golden Tate is a high reception floor. And he's also one of those guys that can just turn in a big play, like on random moments. Um, so I think he's got a, a solid floor. I, I would have... I would have chased Slayton more, but Slayton's already uh, ranked up in there in the top 36 mm-hmm. uh, for people this week. But I think that Tate is a little bit too low given all the injuries to the 49ers, the backfield in flux for the Giants, um, and, you know, kind of, you know, Daniel Jones' willingness to kind of also play with his hair on fire. So I'm going with a, a Golden Tate sneakster. Love it. Yeah, I didn't. I actually didn't see that one coming. I also had LaVisca <laughs> Chenault in there if you were going to pick Anthony Miller. Because uh, I, I I love I love playing island like the Thursday Island game for whatever reason sometimes it 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 really comes back to haunt you but if they hit <laughs> it, it makes for a good rest of the week you know so I was gonna go with Lavisca but uh, and there's nothing better with, when your when your guy scores big on Thursday and your opponent yeah. look at that for three days yeah 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 and just feel or, like just reversely Thursday night oh it's great yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it also sucks the other side, but uh, I've been on that side many times. Let's go with uh, tight end. Hit me with your tight end for, for this week. week three. All right, you, you teased me. You tried to nudge me to pick him last week, and I didn't. And then it turned out that he didn't play well anyways. But I'm going to lo- lo- go to the Logan Thomas train this week. Damn it. That was mine. Was he? I think it's – yeah, he but, think he's going to be – he'd be a favorite. Uh, you know, through two weeks. Seventh, yeah. seventh in routes run among all tight ends through two weeks. He's third yeah. in – routes run per team drop back at 91% of the Washington football team t- dropbacks. Uh, he's third uh, of tied for third among all targets and he's two end zone targets through two weeks. The downside is that we have these low games of four for 37, four for 26, because just eight of the 17 targets have been deemed catchable, uh, which is the lowest rate for all tight ends right. with double digit targets in the NFL. Uh, he is getting murked by the Haskins train through two weeks, uh, but the volume is worth chasing again here, even though it hasn't been great volume. Yeah. Um, he, the Browns have already allowed games of seven catches for 61 uh, yards and two touchdowns to the Baltimore Titans in week one. They've allowed, last week they allowed 11 catches for 87 yards and a touchdown to the Bengals tight ends. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go now this week with Logan Thomas. Uh, yeah. We dodged it last week. Now it's coming this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was my guy um, as well. So that's that makes for a good show. But um, 
who else? I didn't. So this is the guy that's gonna get hurt now. Hope not. I'm sorry, Logan. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're sorry, man. I uh, I hope you're good to go for for 2021 season, but uh, your your season ends this week apparently. That's why we couldn't uh, pick Mo Ali Cox because we couldn't take another Colts player. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We couldn't do it to him, man. We couldn't do it to him. <laughs> Felt bad. Felt bad. Um, that's uh, that's basically it. We we're not doing a little this or that this week. That will come back next week after we get another week of. Um, of some data on, on who we, buy, we like buy or sell guys. Yeah. Some buy or sells. Uh, but that's, that's basically it, man. Um, you got anything else to add? I and mean, this was, this was a quick, this is probably gonna be our, our fastest show we've ever done. Yeah. Streamlined it. Streamlined it on Wednesday. Ah, I mean, we're at that yeah. point in the season where we're still feeling things out. We still, you know, we don't want to overreact still to, you know, things and still are kind of feeling out the process of really what these teams are. Like, I always feel like week four is the greatest. Like, you feel like really good going into week four and coming out. Like, yeah. this is where these are where these teams are. This is what they want to do. Because you still have, uh, you know, week one, everyone's holding on to their priors. In week two, you yep. still just have a two-game sample where you, uh, one team could have had a game that's skewing their stats, uh, which is kind of, you know, maybe a little bit with the Lions, but we'll see, you know, how that goes. Uh, you know, anytime you go 240 yards to one running back, it's not going to make your seasonal, you know, production look good. Doesn't look great. Um, Doesn't look great. Yeah, so, I mean, we're still trying to feel out the process, but, you know, hopefully just, you know, everyone comes out of, you know, week three unscathed, you know, check out the worksheet, check out everything we're putting up at Sharp Football, you know, win some DFS ducats, uh, bet on the game tomorrow and win. Um, hopefully DJ Shark plays because we want to go with the over uh, in that game. Uh, so, I mean, we yeah, good, good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And make sure, I mean, if you do subscribe, again, you're getting access to Rich on Sunday mornings uh, before all this stuff happens. And to answer your start sit yeah, questions, we're hanging out. and I mean, there is nothing more Rich loves to do than to answer your guys' start sit questions. So make sure. Yeah, I, you're listen, going I'll take the blame. Training. I'm willing to take the blame. Yeah, yeah. for See, your squad. You, you have somebody to blame if you lose. It's it's right. it's perfect. It's a perfect scenario. And I promise so, uh, I won't yeah, tell man. you to play. I promise I won't have you choose these guys we chose. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Maybe one. Maybe one. I will say whenever I do, whenever I do go with a guy um, in in this scenario, and I have a decision in my in in my actual lineups, my real lineups, I go with the guy that I that I also talked about on this show. So like, if you guys are actually doing that, like, yeah. just know like we're going down with you. So it, it's all good either way. Yeah, okay. Oh man, Josh Kelly Express is real. I'm taking it. Yeah. And and Logan Thomas apparently we have oh, we're, dude, we're two for I'm two for on this Logan one man <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, that's it man make sure that you are going to whatever um, uh, place you are listening to this podcast you are subscribing you're rate reviewing again you guys are doing an awesome job of that we're the the reviews are coming in it's helping our podcast a lot just get out there and be noticed so we appreciate that. Make sure you're going on Twitter. You're following Rich at Lord Reeves. And uh, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm not much good of a follow, but you can. I'm at Chad underscore Scott 13. Good luck in week three, man. Hopefully, like Rich said, everybody comes out of this unscathed and uh, we come out with a win. And week four, we we triumph again. So uh, we'll see you next week. Later. 